This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future.
want you to this morning, good morning, just take everything that's bombarding your mind and set it down and be as a little child and come before God. You know, if you ever look at children when they come to you and they ask you a question and you give them the answer, you know, they trust you and they believe and they receive very quickly. You know, we grow up a lot of times and we're told what we can't have, what we'll never have, what will never work. And yet, Jesus said, if you come as a little child, look what you get. So I want to come this morning as a little child. You know, we receive what God has already provided for us. We're not trying to make God do anything because he has already done it. It's already been provided. So I heard this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to share it with you this morning. It is like if you're going to go fishing and you have a net, when you put your net into the water and you draw up those fish, you're not trying to get the fish in the water. You're 
all you're doing is appropriating. You're receiving. You're picking up and taking a hold of what is already there. Now, as you hear the Word of God this morning, I want you to put your net of faith right in with the Holy Spirit and draw up towards your bosom healing, wholeness, peace. You do not have to leave the same way you came today. You can be changed by the power of God. God is not withholding it from you. If anything, if you could open these natural ears to hear what your spirit ears are hearing, he would say, my child, I have never held it from you. I'm trying to get it to you. Will you receive today? It's a simple, yes, sir, am, I receive it and I take it. Good morning. I'm Joanne Brooke. I'm the director of the Healing and Wellness Ministry here at Church of the Harvest, and we welcome you this morning. Uh, we have a delightful treat. Um, we have a man of God who's going to bring the Word of God to you. And, you know, the Word says if you will hear and be healed, it's a choice. I encourage you this morning just to open your spiritual ears and open your eyes. Put down every thought. The Bible says for us to take every thought captive. Put down every thought that does not, that every thought that comes up against you getting your healing, receiving your healing today. So that you walk out of here free and whole. If you come here hopeless today, I want to tell you something. There's hope. There's encouragement. Deuteronomy says those diseases of long continuance are under the curse of the law. Galatians says we've been redeemed from sickness, from disease, from diseases of long continuance. So it doesn't matter if you've had it a day, an hour, or 50 years, or 100 years. They are all under the blood. You've been free. So receive today what God has for you. Now, Father, we thank you. We praise you and we worship you. We ask for just your will to be done here today. Every hindrance of bondage. We take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. We command it to stop, to cease and desist. And, Father, we just asking for your flow of your anointing, your mercy, your grace to hit this place like a flood. And, Father, we thank you for creative miracles. We thank you for setting every person free today in their thinking. Father, I speak to mental torment in the name of Jesus. I speak to lack. And I speak to everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I command it in the name of Jesus to sit down, shut up, and get out in the name of Jesus. You loose these people in Jesus' name. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We're, we, we just yield our members as instruments of righteousness to serve you, to receive from you, to walk in the fullness that you have for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, this morning, I would just like to go ahead and be seated. Um, I'd like to welcome a man of God here this morning um, who knows the Word, preaches the Word, teaches the Word, lives and walks the Word. And if you have ears to hear this morning, he delivers the Word with accuracy and clarity, and you will not leave the same way you came. Will you help me welcome Joe Hosey? I need a thing. Glory to God. Well, this works. 
How's everybody today on Resurrection Weekend? I was sitting down at the McDonald's restaurant a little early. Uh, my wife has always accused me. She said, you know when we're late for a meeting? I said, when? She said, when you're not there 20 minutes early. <clears throat> so I was talking to a gentleman down at Mickey D's, I mean, down at the McDonald's. Uh, I got there about 7.15 this morning, and uh, he was talking about something, and I said, well, there's one thing for certain. Jesus has been here once, and he's coming again. Glory to God. Now, I usually make this statement. God told me to make this statement usually when I start off and begin to teach. Everybody in here knows or you will before this is over with, that God has not promised to heal you. By the look on some of y'all's faces, you're thinking, what in the world am I doing here for then? He's already done it. It's a provision that was done 2,000 years ago. And what you and I have to do is to take it or learn how to release it from our spirit. Now, I tell everybody, Joanne and Pastor Bob and I, don't get healing just because we teach it. We got to get it the same way you do, by faith. Two of the biggest hindrances to healing, and we're going to talk about one of them today, which is unforgiveness. The other one is unbelief. Now, what do fishermen do? Fish. What do hunters do? You know, one of the hardest things to get the body of Christ to do is to believe. We're called believers, but we don't believe. So today, we're going to talk about a hindrance that will stop anything that you want to get from God especially healing, and that's unforgiveness. And, and I've actually titled this, Are You in a Prison of Unforgiveness? I told the men up at uh, West Tennessee State Prison the other day, I said, you know, there's people that are believers in the body of Christ that are in prison more than y'all are right now. They looked at me kind of funny, but they are. We're so locked up in our tradition and religion that we don't know the power of God. Now, I have a question for you. Is this the most powerful thing in the world? Yes, no, heads are shaking, yes. Everybody thinks it is, raise their hand. Okay, I'm going to tell you that Jesus disagrees with you. Jesus told the Sadducees and the Pharisees that your tradition and your religion has made this of none effect. So today, as Joanne said, I want you to take your religion and take your tradition and just lay it down somewhere because we're going to tell you what the Word says. And you can't argue with me about it because I didn't write the Word. You had to argue with Holy Spirit or Daddy. Or Jesus, one or the other. I asked uh, somebody the other day, were they just an old sinner? He said, yeah. 
I said, are you born again? He said, yeah. And I said, well, when you get to heaven, just slap Jesus in the face, tell him he didn't do enough for you. If you're born again, folks, you're the righteousness of God. You're not a sinner. So quit telling people, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Tell people that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, that'll shake them up, but it, maybe you'll get to witness to them. Okay, turn to Isaiah 43.25. We'll start with the Old Covenant, and then we'll get in the New Covenant. Isaiah 43.25. Oh, i got to tell everybody, let's see. Open your Bibles and your iPads and your iPhones and your... Whatever else you got. <laughs> now this is God talking to you and me. God says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out your transgressions for my sake. God said he blots them out for his sake. And will not remember your sins. I don't know about y'all, but that's a glory to God for me. I, I had two of the inmates come up Thursday night when I was teaching up at West Tennessee, and they said, we got a question for you. I said, okay, if I don't know the answer, we'll find the word somewhere. And uh, they said, do you have, when you get born again, do you have to confess all your sins? They said, a preacher was preaching that up here the other day. I said, I don't know about you, brother, but I was a heathen for 31 years, and if I had to remember every single sin I do, I'd be in trouble. The Bible says it's real easy. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, and you'll be saved. They said, that's too simple. I said, we've made it difficult. We've made everything from God difficult. Well, you've got to live and you've got to walk this way so you can be healed. God's not going to heal a sinner. Everybody in Jesus' day was a sinner because he hadn't gone to the cross yet, folks. So please don't tell me that God doesn't heal sinners today. Uh, Daddy Hagen said, uh, what did he say? That healing would be the dinner bell that leads to the greatest entrance of salvation in the world in the last days. And we're in the last days. And you know why we don't see healing today? We have what I said earlier this morning, unbelieving believers. The Bible says, you and I, you and I, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Don't say they might. Don't say, well, if you're good enough, it could happen. So why aren't believers laying hands on the sick? No revelation. They don't know it. They're taught in churches today, now I'm talking about the church as a whole, that that passed away. I like people to tell me that because I always ask them what day. They don't know how to answer that. Okay, turn to Hebrews chapter 8. We're going in the New Covenant now. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. 
for I will be merciful unto your unrighteousness and your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. That's what I say. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, you could confess your sin to God and then 20 minutes later go back and say, Father, I'm really sorry I did that. And he'll say, did what? Because he said he forgets them. When God forgives, he forgets, do we? Let me pull that knife out of your back now. When God forgives, he forgets, do we? Well, I quit teaching and started meddling there, didn't I? Okay, turn over one more to uh, Hebrews 10. Oh, I'm going to do 14 because I love 14. For by one offering, Jesus, he, Jesus, perfected forever. I didn't have that up there, so I apologize for that. Oh, he did put it up there. Them that are sanctified, the Amplified says, those who are consecrated and being made holy. Are you consecrated today and being made holy through the blood of Jesus? Amen. He said he's perfected you forever. Now that's a glory to God. And verse 16 and 17 says the same thing. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, this is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, this is today, said the Lord, I will put my law or my word in their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and their iniquities. Nancy, he said, he'll remember no more. Aren't you glad God doesn't remember what you did? I did some pretty bad things. It's under the blood, glory to God, to be remembered no more. Now, in the original Greek, the words no more was one of the strongest double negatives that's in the Greek. What God is saying is your sins I will by no means ever remember. Because all your sins he laid on Jesus on the cross. Every sin you've ever committed, every sin you will commit today, and every sin you will have committed from here on out, God put it on Jesus. Now that's amazing to me, folks. I had people tell me once while, well, Jesus didn't die for your future sins. I said, you don't look 2,000 years old, so he had to. I mean, he had to, folks. He died 2,000 years ago. If you're born again, you are a son and a daughter of God, the creator of the universe lives in 
you. The same Holy Spirit that did the miracles through Jesus, if you yield to him, and he is not a it, he is a him, and by the way, Holy Spirit's first name is not the. Oh, I'd throw that in. Second Corinthians five seventeen says this. <clears throat> If any man be in Christ, how many here are in Christ today? Raise your hand. Okay. Or any woman, you know, I'm going to get it straight here. He is a new creature. If you actually study that out in the Greek, it brings a brand new species never seen before. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have come new. Now, that, that's a hang-up for a lot of people, but we won't discuss that today. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to you and me the ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? It's just plain and simple. Tell the world and tell the church. Most of the church don't know this. God's not mad at you. God loves you. He wants you to know that if you were the last person on earth the day he went to the cross, he still would have done it just for you because daddy wanted a family. God's not mad at you. He put all his wrath on Jesus. And so if he put his wrath on you, that's called double jeopardy. And as Joanne said the other day in our Bible study, that's against the law. You know, God can't lie. Everybody know God can't lie, right? So whatever he said in this book, it has to come to pass. Now, if you'll pray about that for a while, we'll be okay. To wit, well, that's a good old English word. It says, it was God who was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ. If you were in a court appearance today and you were on trial as being an ambassador for Christ, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Some are saying, praise the Lord, and somebody's saying, oh me. We pray you in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God, for he, God, who made him Jesus to be sin. For you who knew no sin. So God made Jesus sin for you and me. That you and me, that's what we mean, so I just personalize it, might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Folks, the day that you believed... That Jesus was Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you became righteous according to this word. Not of what you do, but because of what he did because he loved you. Now, James, I added this one. James 5, 16. 
<clears throat> the latter part of it, James 5.16, said the fervent prayers of a righteous, oh, he's got it up there, righteous man or woman, I always put woman in there. Is that okay, ladies? Thank you. Availeth much. People in the church today are looking all over the church for a righteous person. And if they're born again, all they got to do is look in the mirror. If we ever begin to realize that we're the more made righteousness by what Jesus did, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Now, get this down on the inside of you. God has totally and completely removed your sins from the hard drive. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I had to have my hard drive just totally wiped out. God does that all the time. He don't remember your sins. Never to be remembered again and never to be held against us. Now, there's another facet of forgiveness. We like to talk about this, where God's not going to remember our sins. Glory to God. But there's a facet of this that sometimes we find it a little difficult. And that's when the Father asks you and me to do the same thing he did. and Forgive others. Now, Brother Joe, you don't know what they did to me. I don't think they nailed you to a cross, so you're in good shape. Uh, there's three verses of scriptures. We won't go over two of them. One's Matthew 6, 9 through 13. is what we call the Lord's Prayer. In the very end of it, it says to forgive others as God forgives you. Mark 11, 22 26. 25 and 26 says, as you forgive others, God will forgive you. But let's go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 13. Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as or just like Christ forgave you, do ye also. And Peter thought he was doing real good when he talked to Jesus. He said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven? Jesus said, no, seven times 70. So, Roger, I'm supposed to forgive you a minimum of 490 times for the same sin. Now, I know all y'all loving couples do that. Got the medal in there, didn't I? <laughs> there, if you want 
to receive from God. Now, if you don't receive from God, you don't have to hear this message. If you want to receive from God, and especially healing and wholeness, now you, you do realize that just healing you today is not God's major goal. God's major purpose is for you and I to walk in divine health. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. That way the world will come up to you and say, Brother, I ain't seen you sick in years. What's different about you? Then you get to tell them about Jesus. See, there's a convention in town this weekend. It's just my opinion. Y'all can argue with me if you want to. I don't believe there's such thing as an atheist. I believe they're agnostics and they have to see it. But I, I, They haven't proved to me they're atheists yet because every once in a while when they get in trouble, they'll holler, oh my God, and I want to know why they're hollering for somebody they don't know or don't believe exists. But there can be no room in your life or my life unforgiveness. When you're unwilling to forgive, you and I put ourselves automatically in a position where you open your lives up to Satan because what you do is you step out of the umbrella of protection of God. And you might as well just say, Satan, come on, hit me what you got. Now, if you knew today that unforgiveness was blocking whatever you needed from God, especially healing. I'd be asking God, telling God I forgive them. Because to me, it wouldn't be worth it. And I've been there, done that, and still got the t-shirt. I threw it away, though. To forgive others is God forgives us requires faith. Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. And only thing it is is a decision. You make a decision to forgive, not based on feeling, not based on what they did to you, based on a decision. Same way as when Somebody, where it be your mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, pastor, somebody, told you about Jesus in the Word, you made a decision to believe that, right? If Gabriel visited you in the night and told you you need to do that, we'll talk later. It's a simple decision to forgive, and Jesus will help you do that. I saw a lady one night that had been in a wheelchair for seven years, had not walked a step in seven years because she was holding unforgiveness against the woman. And she forgave her with Jesus' help. She took off running around the sanctuary. Unforgiveness will bind you up. Turn loose of it. Because you need everything that God gave you. 
It's a decision that you must act on your faith to do it. So let's go to 1 John 3.23. I wrote some of these scriptures down at 4 o'clock this morning, so I don't, you know, some of them I don't know what I'm saying here until I get to it. Okay. 1 John 3.23, and this is his commandment. Uh-oh. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. You and I walk in love for one reason only. Jesus said to it's not based on a feeling. And I give you a little example how you can always know if you made the decision to forgive somebody. If they walk in the room or somebody mentions their name and you go, you probably haven't forgiven them. Now, I'm not telling you today and Daddy's not telling you that they didn't hurt you. We're not saying they didn't do what they did. And forgiving them is not for them. It's for you. And if they don't forgive you, that's between them and daddy because you've done what God asked you to do. And God wants you well. He don't want a sick body, folks. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus ever say, well, you need to keep the sickness a little while longer. Daddy's teaching you a lesson. He did say, I only do what the Father tells me and shows me to do. John, John 15, 9. Amen to you too. <laughs> John 15, 9. It says, as the Father has loved you. So, well, Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, continue in my love. Now, the uh, American standard says, as the Father has loved me, even as I have loved you, you continue in my love. So what he's saying is, even as I loved you, you go love everybody else. See, we think love is based on a feeling. Based on a decision. It's a decision to love someone. Now, Ephesians chapter 4. I'll do verse 32. 
Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. The King James says, even as, if you'll study it out, it means the same as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Jesus is our example, folks. So if Jesus forgave, we need to forgive. Do you have to? No, you can be most miserable. I wouldn't advise it. If you're here today to receive healing and wholeness and wellness, you need to make a decision to forgive. It don't make no difference how big or how little the offense was. It's still blocking whatever you want from daddy, okay? And we're going to give you a chance at the end, too. The Bible says God is love. God's kind of love is not a feeling. It's a manifestation of the person, Jesus Christ. But again, it's your choice. God is not going to make you forgive somebody. 1 John 1, 9 says, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteous. If you've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, that means you're righteous. And the Bible says the prayers of a righteous, fervent prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. But it's your decision. It's not God. God is not going to force this on you. Jesus' ministry when he walked the face of this earth was and still is today to forgive. But again, as I've said it many times, it's a decision. Jesus on the cross made a decision to forgive them. I don't think the world has mistreated you the way they did Jesus. Because the Bible says he didn't even look like a man. But he said, Father, forgive them. Now, in Mark chapter 2. We'll get ready to finish this up in just a second. Mark chapter 2 is the story... Of the guy with the four crazy friends. I think that's the story. Everybody needs four crazy friends. Amen? All right, I knew my amen partner would come in through that one. These four crazy friends, there was a fifth one too, because the, if you're on a pallet or whatever he was on and they carried you all the way up on the roof, and you had to be crazy to let them do it. So I couldn't get into the house because it was packed. That's just like having this whole place here packed. 
people couldn't get in. So they just tear up the tiling and the ceiling and drop the guy right down in front of Jesus. And Jesus says that he saw their faith. So the guys come for healing, right? Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you. What made the Sadducees and the Pharisees mad? Who is this man to think he can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. Now, when you talk to somebody about Jesus and they get born again, don't you tell them their sins are forgiven? Yes, this is no. Yeah. Nobody gets upset about it today, do they? But when you tell them Jesus heals today, boy, they'll whip you. I'm telling you what. I had a lady one time argue with me. Well, she'd been in a wheelchair for 12 years, and she was arguing me that God doesn't heal today. Always ask them when their doctor appointment is. She said, God is teaching me a lesson. And I thought to myself, after 12 years, I would have learned a lesson. So here's a question I always ask them when they tell me, God put this on them to teach me. And I said, what time is your doctor's appointment next Tuesday? Well, if God put this on you to teach you a lesson, why are you going to the doctor to get rid of it? That's what I want to know. They don't believe that. See, it sounds religious and it sounds good on Sunday. But they don't believe that. And then Jesus told them, he said, well, it's actually six of one half a dozen the other, so you'll know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. He said to the guy with the palsy, take up your bed and walk. And he did. And the next verse said, all the people in the house glorify God. You know, it doesn't say anywhere that they glorify God when they brought him in there sick. The same power that forgives you of sins is the same power that will heal you today. But you've got to do the same thing. You've got to believe. See, when you and I got born again, God put everything in your born-again spirit that you'll ever need from him. What you've got to learn to do is take it or release it through your soul. Now, when I was in Augusta this with Joanne and Miss Betty a couple of weeks ago, I heard a statement that God told me to write a message on. He'd give to me. And the statement was, you got too much junk in your trunk. Thinking, thinking. We've got too much religion and tradition and what grandma said and great grandma and they all had good ideas but it wasn't lined up with the word I had a lady tell me the other day God doesn't heal today I said why well, I don't know why but my preacher told me that he doesn't heal today I said okay you're going to believe God you're going to believe your preacher nothing wrong with preachers but if they ain't preaching the word there's something wrong okay why would you want to be sick when God says you can be well and your preacher's telling you have to be sick? I believe I'll believe daddy. Now, if you're in a church today that tells you healing passed away, and most of y'all are members here, but if you're in a church today that tells you healing has passed away, please don't run away from that church, walk away from that church. Please run. If you want healing now, if you don't want healing, you know. I'm going to stay there and I'm going to change them. 
God probably hadn't changed them in 30 years. Why do you think you're going to make a difference? You know, God has been merciful to us. Especially with the word, okay? We take it out of context just a little. And God has allowed us to take Revelation 3.20 out of context. Anybody, anybody know what Revelation 3.20 says? If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in with him and sup with him and he with me. And we've taken that, and the Lord has allowed us to use that to get many people born again. But if you'll read it in context, he's talking to the church. And talking to Christians, what he's talking to you right now through me, he's saying, if you'll open the door to your heart on my healing, I'll come in with you and sup with you and you with me, and we'll get this thing done Catch. I thought I'd help her. So open your heart to the word today. Jesus ministered forgiveness to the gentleman before he ministered healing. You and I are supposed to be forgiving agents of God. Somebody comes up to you and says, you've really forgiven that person, haven't you? Yeah. How can you do that, what they did to you? Let me tell you about Jesus. Always direct them back to Jesus. There's got to be a difference in us, folks, than the world. Especially the young people today, the reason that a lot of them don't come to churches is they don't see any difference in the church and the world. And that's sad. But God says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he's called heaven and earth today and says he's put before you and I life and death, blessing and cursing. But he doesn't leave you there. Doesn't leave me there. He says choose life that you and your descendants or you and your seed may live. Who's he telling to choose? You. God is not going to make that choice for you. He's told you what to, what to make. He said, choose life. Folks, I've been sick and I've been well, and I like a well a whole lot better. My poor little wife, I upset her so bad one day. You know, <laughs> men don't do this. This is an example now. Don't do this. Do not tell your wife five days later that you had a heart attack five days ago. Don't do that. They get upset. She told me if I ever did that again, I wouldn't need a doctor. The New Testament today represents forgiveness of sins and healing as something that's already been taken care of. All you got to do is decide to believe and receive or take it. Well, I don't feel like God wants me well. Well, okay. God says he does. And the Bible says God can't lie.
Hebrews 10. 1 and 2. Hebrews 10, 1 and 2. It corresponds to law with grace today. It says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with the sacrifices which was offered year by year continually to make the comers therefore perfect. What that's saying is they had to offer the sacrifice year after year after year after year. And then in verse 2, I really like this. For then would they have not ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. Too many Christians today walk around with a sin consciousness instead of a righteous consciousness. Oh, Brother Joe, you just don't know what I've done. Well, you know, God did not know what you did when you confessed it to him. Everybody realize that? A lot of people think, well, God didn't know until I confessed it. If you'll study the word out, Revelation 13.8 says the Lamb of God give me a kickstart was slain before the foundation of the world. Now this is a little hard for our well, excuse me. This is a little hard for my little finite mind to take. I don't know about y'all's. But before God created Adam he healed you. Already that's reading it's a done deal. The Lamb of God was slain in God's eyes before the foundation of the world. Now again, as I said earlier, forgiveness does not forgiving someone does not deny the wrong that was done to you. True forgiveness is about you cleansing yourself from the poison of resentment that you had. It's a choice that you and I make. You choose to forgive or not to forgive. If you need healing today, which is what we're here for, I would make a decision to forgive. So everybody, please bow their head and close your eyes. Now I tell everybody that you might pull my chain and tell me a little different, and I wouldn't know. But Daddy knows. So you can't fib to Daddy. So if there's anybody here today has unforgiveness, resentment, hurt of another person. Just sit there and think on that just for a second. Raise your hand. And then put it back down. 
Okay, thank you. Anybody else going to be honest? I got one honest person in here. Any type of resentment, any type of hurt, any type of unforgiveness. If you need healing today, you need to get rid of it. Okay, everybody look up. Thank you for being honest. Everybody repeat this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you sent your only begotten Son to die for me. That he shed his blood for me. That I may live in newness of life. I make a decision today, an honest decision, and you know my heart, to forgive that person that has offended me. I thank you that you helped me make that decision. And I give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you didn't raise your hand and you have unforgiveness or resentment or hurt against somebody, and you confess that with your heart, God just wiped it all out for you. And he said, if you're ready to receive what he's got for you today, you're open to it. All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. I'd be shouting today if I were y'all. I'm going to let Joanne give you the instruction. Well, here's what I got while Joe was talking about forgiveness. There's somebody here that is having a hard time forgiving themselves. You know, it's uh, um, it is another message. Isn't it? Hardest person for me to forgive is me. Used to be. Not anymore. It's under the blood, isn't it? So just say, I release forgiveness to myself. And I receive God's love. And every bit of cleansing power floods through my body. And I am now free. Thank you, Jesus. God's such a good God, isn't he? It's a quick thing. And when you, when you understand that forgiveness is not an emotion... At all. It's never about an emotion. The emotions are what tie us to that old, ugly past of you don't know what that person did. It's a decision. And when you make the decision and you just say, I forgive. So somebody comes along, cuts you off. You're not happy. You're late. They're doing things they ought not to be doing. And you think, Lord, I forgive them. 
and I forgive me, and I find no fault with any of it. Look in the mirror someday and say, I don't find any fault with you. And that person looking back is going, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Look what you did. Look what you did and how you did it. But God does not find fault. That's been why it's very, been very hard for people to receive healing, because you know what you did. You've been a little rascal some days, haven't you? Yeah, get them to admit, yes. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. You know, when you look in the mirror, you know what you did. You know where you've missed it. But God does not find fault with you. And he gives freely. His, his, his blessings are new and afresh every day. His tender mercies are over you. And so it's easy to receive when you understand that. So you just make a quality decision to receive today. Now, if you would like for us to pray for you and or agree with you in prayer, um, I want to encourage you. I've, I, several times this has come up, and uh, I should have said it first thing, but I want you to know um, it doesn't matter if there's one person here or 500 people here. We have seen cancer gone like that. We have seen migraines go. We've seen, uh, we've seen people get out of wheelchairs and go. We've seen limbs grow. Um, uh, just miraculous things that God is not only willing but will do. You don't have to wait till next year. You don't have to wait till next week, right here and right now. You don't even have to wait until the instruction. Some of y'all know now that you got healed. So when you come down here, don't ask us to pray for healing. Just ask us to agree that you got it already, okay? And testify what God has done. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Jesus made her testify, didn't he? You go away and the devil says you didn't get it. No, I got it. I'm hanging on to it. I'll never let it go. You don't have to leave the same way you came. So if you would like for us to pray with you or agree with you in prayer, what we'd like you to do is just come up to this front row and have a seat every other, if you would, so we can minister. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You